This is Project 1521. I'm Adolfo Guzman Lopez. Today is June 21st, 2021. I'm one of the Project 1521 writers who've come together for nearly three years, exploring the 500 years since the conquest of Mexico. In today's show, we'll get an update from the GoFundMe campaign that we've set up so you can help us publish the first three books in our series. You'll hear a conversation between me and painter Sandy Rodriguez about how she has been working on these themes for several years and inspired our writing. Look for the GoFundMe link in the podcast description. You're listening to this podcast, but make sure you've subscribed and help us spread the word by telling your friends to subscribe. First up, Project 1521 member Yago Kuda with an update about the GoFundMe campaign. Uh, good evening, Earthlings. This is Yago Kira of Inchas Press. I wanted to give you an update uh, concerning the Project 1521 GoFundMe that, uh, that we put together uh, we've uh, so far we've raised seven hundred twenty-five dollars of our six thousand dollar goal, so we got a ways to go. Uh, I also wanted to give you just an idea of what we're what we're talking about. We're raising money to uh, publish uh, books uh, related to Project Fifteen Twenty One or, or or works coming from that workshop group. Uh, if you can donate more than twenty-five dollars, you automatically get the publication that we're talking about. Uh, and if you live anywhere in the continental U.S. Uh, before we go, I wanted to say thank you to Diana M., Tina D., Barbara O., Martin B., Jennifer J., Sarah H., Nancy B., uh, Kitty D., Armine I., Mark H., and Lore V. Thank you so much for your donation. We would have zero monies if it were not for you. So thank you very much, folks, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Please find it in your hearts to donate. We could really use the money and send you a beautiful book. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. We present a short conversation between the two lead artists of Project 1521, painter Sandy Rodriguez and poet journalist Adolfo Guzman Lopez about the origins of Project 1521. My name is Sandy Rodriguez. I'm a Los Angeles-based artist. And I've been working on a series called the Codex Rodriguez Mondragon uh, since 2017. And it was at that time that Adolfo Guzman Lopez and I began really collaborating um, on this image and text. It was in 2017 that I started working on this piece, the Mapa de la Región Fronteriza de Alta y Baja Califas. It's the first map of the Codex Rodriguez Mondragon. And that's a series of maps and specimen paintings about the intersections of history and social memory, contemporary politics, cultural production. It's made with hand processed color that I collect across the US uh, Western states and really is processed onto Amate paper, which is a sacred ceremonial once outlawed paper. It was through these meetings with Adolfo in the studio that we began working together. And in these studio visits, I shared with him the field study, the politics, the ideas that I'm bringing together while researching um, indigenous color use and image making from the Florentine Codex, which was exactly the same time that I discovered the work of Diana Magaloni. So it was in response to these conversations and this way of coming together to really create new works 
And this particular detail is of the border region and those small little razor wires are uh, immigration detention centers. The second map that I worked on from the series, De los Señales Pronósticos and Ice Raids in Califas in 2018, was the second moment that Adolfo and I really worked together um, to create this, again, uh, relationship between image and text. For this particular map, I really began digging into Book 12 of the Florentine Codex. And it's important to mention that it was created under a colonial regime at a time when their world was changing radically in part um, and created in part in quarantine amid a epidemic that wipes out 90% of the population. So I'm looking at these historic sources and really updating them with ice air vehicles and marine vessels. I'm taking the omens from book 12 and I'm updating them. One of the first omens of the Spanish invasion of Mexico is this uh, column of fire. And instead of the male figures you see, I've included scholars that I've been in relationship with. So there's Dr. Ella Diaz, Dr. Magaloni right here, my uh, self, my mother, and my sister, Dr. Elisa Rodriguez. On the bottom is one of a uh, waterfowl hunters presenting a bird to Moctezuma and Adolfo being an incredible journalist he's bringing this news so I've updated his portrait here so you're seeing how over the course of 2017 and 2018 Adolfo and I are beginning just to form this relationship of image and text and we produced two of these beautiful brochures that really create this opportunity for the text and the image to come together and it was with the second exhibition of the body of work that Adolfo did a reading as part of a program where Charlene Villasenor Black from UCLA moderated a conversation and tour with us and with that I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Adolfo to share how it is that Project 1521 comes together. Thank you so much. So much time that is that has gone by and and you know, so much sharing that we've done. Um, so first, uh, I want to say that the members of Project 1521, all of us, we acknowledge that we stand uh, literally and virtually on indigenous lands, including Tongva, Fernandeño, Tataviam, Pajamonga, Southern Paiute, Chumash, and, um, and uh, you know, I just want to embrace that, embody that for, for a moment. Um, I once uh, heard a, a Native American education expert talk about land acknowledgments and say, well, you know, they're, they're more valuable if you acknowledge a living or a, an actual Native American. And so I want to take a, a few moments to acknowledge um, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Julia Bugani, who participated in a couple of these meetings, a couple of these workshops. And who a lot of people know as as a um, oh so many things you can't even tap into everything that she was uh, a Tongva elder a storyteller an advocate um, her words if you if you um, look up if you Google Julia Bogani B O G A N Y you will hear some of her words you will see videos and she spent a lot of time uh, countless hours. Um, telling us these important stories 
of the land that we're on and, and the inhabitants, the people who were and continue to be on this land. Um, so I want to I want to remember Julia Bogani for for a moment. One of the key words in all of this is tlaquilos, right? So a tlaquilo is one of the writers, is one of the artists who worked on this Florentine Codex. And so um, we have adapted that word and uh, put an X at the end of it. And we, uh, we say that we are the tlaquilics. And uh, who are the Tlaquiliks? Well, today it is me, it is Sandy, it is Linda Ravenswood de Montaño, it is Sarah Harris, it is Yago Cura, it is Diana Magaloni, it's Darren J. De Leon, it's Armine Ignatosian, it's Gloria Medina Alvarez. The Tlaquiliks worked the material like clay, like stone, like wood. They picked up the splinters and shards of their grandparents' world sequestered and built a universe that would later be called the Florentine Codex by people with faraway cataract telescopes. They sheltered in place, a hole in the wall let in an image of the outside world. And that image was upside down. The outside world made no sense to them. Our room is Sandy's studio, a converted one-car garage in Mar Vista. It's the part of the city smoothed by thousands of years of morning marine layers that ground the rich soil. We keep the morning marine layer in our lungs as long as we can. We exhale. Adrian witnesses, I witness. Armine witnesses, Darren witnesses, Diana witnesses, Gloria witnesses, Leticia witnesses, Linda witnesses, Julia witnesses, Sarah witnesses, Yago witnesses. We look at each other. A crisis of the truth leads us to question, leads us to wonder whether words have power, leads us to realize words have power. Words lift the dead from burial, make the sun rise. Words allow us to see the Tlaquiliks in their harvest shelters of volcanic rock. They write, they paint, they choose the ink. Sometimes it's red, sometimes it's black, sometimes it's made of stone in powder, sometimes it's roots, sometimes it's made of petals light enough to be taken by the wind and dropped on the channels that are no longer there the channels that are now choked by concrete to the sea. Temple stones are piled up. You can see it, you can see the sickness, you can feel the sickness. Mothers are dead, the decoders of the dreams are dead. There's obsidian, there's steel, there are guns, there are bullets. There is sickness. When we close our eyes, we're in total time, surrounded by black stone walls porous enough for us to hear what's going on outside, but sharp enough to bleed our fingerprints if we escape. Outside, the world falls apart. 
within these black walls, we remember to create an image that is not a representation, but its own universe. We never lived in a world without toppled temples. We never lived in a world without embers and the smell of burned damate beat, the soles of our feet grinding soil. How do we keep the words from disappearing? How do we keep the words from turning to dust? The secret is in the flower. Take the orchid, its petals, its smell, and wrap the words for us, our children, and the ancestors. Here are the numbers. 15, 1915, 1921, 1600, 1650, 1721, 1922, 1993, 1994, 2019, 2020, 2021. And now, Project 1521 member Diana Magaloni. She's also a deputy director at the LA County Museum of Art and curator of the Art of the Ancient Americas. I just wanted to say um, hello to everyone. And this is the Florentine Codex. I'm just going to go through, through some images so people have the context. Sandy has been working, really studying it. And the fact that we are creating poetry with her paintings, it's really inspiring this amazing text image work that was created in the La Escuela de Santa Cruz Tlatelolco. It's the first establishment of college education in the Americas, and it was only for indigenous peoples. This is the Florentine Codex as it's looked today. So it has three texts, Nahuatl, Spanish, and the visual text. Um, there are 12 bilingual volumes in Nahuatl and Spanish with more than 2000 colored ink images and their inks or pigments are really meant to be the, cre the creators, the energies of the sun and the energies of the underworld and the earth. So these paintings are not only representations, but are really the incarnations of what it's there. These are the, the books, just going through them. Uh, the very important book of the conquest. And here it is, Bernardino de Sagún. It's always um, said that he writes it, like anybody who says La Historia de las Cosas de Nueva España by Bernardino de Sagún. But in reality, these four indigenous um, wise men, Tlamatinime in, in Nahuatl, really helped conceive, create, and there were also 22 painters that I could identify by, by their hands. Um, so I'm gonna be reading on this painter that I, I said is the master of both tradition. And it's really someone who is at the core of this new world of, of an identity that is from the indigenous point, both indigenous, and indigenous that expanded into Europe, not that was conquered by Europe. So here it is, the, the creation of both worlds, of the last sun before the Aztecs, and, or the Aztec sun, and the new Spanish sun, where you see Quetzalcoatl and Tezcatlipoca, just as you see Quetzalcoatl and Mitlantecutli. And he's recreating these myths in the present. Here is Antonio Valeriano and 
I'm just going to read this poem that it's, I think it's a note to him. I don't, I don't know of anyone who has written a note to him, but it's really an, an important ancestor. You are seated on a woven mat made of reeds, Antonio Valeriano. The reeds that represent the fertile, abundant earth and woven together in a mat, all of your people, Nicanti Tlaca, all of us here, Antonio Valeriano. As you see the reeds erect and multiply over the water, shining with the bright morning light, you know the reeds of your woven mat are the new sun, the spirit of all that exists, of everything alive, birds, fish, jaguars, serpents, powerful wolves, there is no end. The woven reeds of your mat, Antonio Valeriano, are the world in unity. And today, as the Indian governor of Mexico, Antonio Valeriano, it is your duty to guide with wisdom. Seated on a woven mat made of reeds, Antonio Valeriano, your thoughts have attained the highest possible frequency. They are like the minerals of a rock, like the colored cells of the flowers. Your thoughts create the world. Seated on a woven mat made of reeds, Antonio Valeriano, in a present where time and space expand and multiply vertiginously, you begin weaving new worlds in Nahuatl, Spanish, and Latin, making the new Mother Earth to appear. You gift us Tonantzin, Antonio Valeriano, knowing well that her mantle of stars and flowery dress will be dyed in indigenous blood for the next 500 years. He was the writer of the Nicanopoa, the apparition of the Virgin of Guadalupe. And this is another important um, Mesoamerican myth of creation. Every time the, the earth collapses, the sun collapses on top of the earth, and there's the need to recreate the, re-raise the cosmic tree, and time begins again. No, there are the cycles, the universe is alive. Um, the ancestors become fish, not, not flying birds like the winners, but fish, fish that also have wings. And here you see it from Teotihuacan 400 AD or in the 16th century, the first image of the conquest in Duran. Here are the beautiful, magical fish um, that Sandy created as sculptures, as floating sculptures based on these magical, magical creatures that are the ancestors, that are the warriors who fought the war that lost, but that will soon re-emerge. Um, and so the other poem that I wrote inspiring, inspired by this, it's, um, I'm looking for it. <laughs> it's called, uh, Dear Little One, Canto de Peces. Dear Little One, you took it upon yourself to carry the burden of our destiny. You scream your lungs out with courage as you were burned by an unfathomable place, midnight turned into midday. You were turned into fish to swim across the cold murky waters of Lake Texcoco, filled with blood and human flesh. This is the task you took it upon your shoulders, to be fish and carry the sun, to be fish and worship a new God, to be fish and plow the earth with flowers, to be fish and spread the ancestral seeds of our future, 
Like fish, you are prey of the greedy. Like fish, you are ignored and consumed. But you continue swimming together like fish to clear the water, to turn it into the crystalline living substance that sustains us. Like water, you are 80% of our blood. Like water, your death meant our creation. And this is Sandy Rodriguez's uh, work on progress of a cosmic tree, of, of a new covenant, of a new cycle for all of us coming from the pandemic. And I don't have a poem for this, but I want to read this amazing poem from the Kogi uh, in the Sierra Nevada Santa Marta. The first, there was the sea, everything was dark. There was no sun, no moon, there were no people. There were no animals, no plants. Only the sea extended was everywhere. The sea was the mother. She was not people. She was not a thing. Mother was the spirit of the life that will be. Mother was thought and memory. That is what we are creating here, thought and memory. And just to go back to our Tlacuiloque, our Tlacuilos, uh, they were painting in 1576, book 11, recreating every single animal. Even the ants are painted there with these details. And Sagún's testimony in book 11 in Spanish says this, in this year of 76, in the month of, month of August, the great universal pestilence began. It has been three months since it started and, may, and many have died and continue to die. He's in Tlatelolco, it is the 8th of November and they are increasingly, increasingly dying. And they die because they die of hunger and thirst because it often happens that an entire household becomes sick and there is no one who can attend to them or even offer a simple jar of water. We know that in this crisis, um, that if this crisis would have happened before the Spaniards arrived, because they happened before, Moctezuma or any Tlatuani would have opened, would have opened the, the, the coffers, let's say the granaries to support people. But in this moment, the Indian Republic has no help because they are not Spaniards. The Spaniards don't die here. These are the two um, images of the first great pestilence and the second one. And then the Florentine Codex becomes black and white. There's no more paintings. There's nothing to do with that. And here it is, the house of terror. In the body, there are grooves of paint like deep daunting canyons. Our soul forgets them. They lead into the abyss, dark, bleak, burning, dense and cold. The place of horror belongs to all of us. Sculpted by giants, who are the freezing shadows of the total and absolute selfishness. There is no question to be asked. The why is too innocent. There is no language anymore. This pain goes beyond death. How to go through these grooves made of broken bodies screaming into pieces? For you, the songs of the birds. For you, the golden light of the sun in the afternoon for you the wind, for you love, immense as the sea, as the mountains. There is no consolation, 
there is only the capacity for transformation that is housed with, without giving up in the heart. And exactly this happened in a very different way, but exactly like this, to these seven children that died uh, under the protection of US Customs. And here is Sandy's uh, You Will Not Be Forgotten map of these children as an homage. Here's one of their portraits, and, and there are also poems to each one of them. And lastly, the Florentine cutters didn't, didn't uh, even if they were painting in the midst of this pandemic, and most of the painters died, because 90% of the population in the central Mexico died, um, they end with, with this rainbow, with this new covenant, just as Sandy uh, did this amazing work. Uh, rainbows, grizzlies, and snakes, oh my conquest, caging in Los, to caging in Los Angeles. So that is my last, last intervention. And it's this hopefully rainbow, Arco del Tiempo. De quién es la sangre que nutre la tierra? De quién es el llanto que produce la lluvia? De quién las estrellas y las conchas? De quién el maíz? ¿Quiénes son los simples, los alegres? ¿Quiénes los que necesitan poco? ¿De quién es el agua, la tierra y el aire? ¿De quién es el polvo y la muerte? ¿De quién vienes tú y a quién te devuelves? Nos quedamos sin pinturas, sin palabras, esperando en silencio que el latido de nuestros corazones convenga a la música del comienzo, para volver de nuevo a la raíz, para volar sobre el arco de colores de un nuevo tiempo. Thank you so much. Project 1521 plans to publish three books. Join our family of donors. Please click on the GoFundMe link in the podcast description. And thank you for listening. Join us on Mondays for new episodes. <laughs>